Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 28 of the podcast. After an interesting week with Niner News, John Lynch making big statements, going to talk about that. But I'm really excited to talk to our guest today, get back into some 49ers football for all of us out there, for you guys who are listeners, and joining us today to discuss what the Niners should do in the 2021 NFL Draft, the quarterback situation that is ever-changing, and the team's free agency options. You may know him as Stats on Fire on Twitter. He's a podcast host and producer for SB Nation NFL. It's Rob Guerrero. Rob, let's start with NFL free agency. When I look at the Niners offseason plans, in my opinion, what they do in free agency impacts how they view the draft, what trades they can make, and the biggest name out there is Trent Williams, who is PFF's number one graded tackle in 2020. Now, you can make what you want out of the PFF grading system, uh, but the fact is Trent Williams was pretty damn good in 2020 for the 49ers. Uh, Knowing what the Niners gave up for Trent Williams, that being the fifth-round pick last year, the third-round pick this year, uh, and his relationship with Kyle Shanahan and how well they mesh and how well he fits into what the Niners want to do offensively, is he the most important free agent the Niners need to re-sign this offseason? And why is he so important to re-sign over drafting a possible replacement at 12 overall? Well, he's their most important free agent by far. I mean, I think I heard a stat the other day. He missed 12 blocks all season, and six of them came in the game against Miami. So think about, you know, basically one bad week. And other than that, Trent Williams was an absolute monster. So he is their number one priority in free agency for a couple of reasons. One, he's really, really good. Uh, If they're going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, you need a left tackle there, an absolute rock, because Garoppolo is also an absolute rock in the pocket and doesn't move around. So you stabilize that position. But also for the Niners, you have to figure out what's going on with him quickly, because if you get him signed quickly, that obviously has ripple effects in terms of the rest of what you do this offseason, because most of your cap or a big chunk of your cap space is going to be taken up by that new deal for Trent Williams. So then you can proceed from there with how much you can offer guys like Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams, if you're going to try and bring him back and other guys down the line. If they can find out early that Trent Williams wants more money than they're willing to pay, well, that has ripple effects too, right? Because then maybe you use the number 12 overall pick on a tackle instead of a different position, but you also have more money in free agency to go out and look at the rest of those guys and make changes that way. So he's important, one, because they really need him, but two, because he's the fork in the road for their what offseason path they go down. You kind of hinted at it there, but as it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back with the reports from Lynch and Rappaport, and we'll talk about those later, Uh, But if Garoppolo does come back, it seems like due to his statuesque quarterback play, as you put it, Rob, that Williams is priority number one. But if Garoppolo isn't coming back, whether it's via trade or via being cut, does Trent Williams, does his name drop on the priority list for the 49ers this offseason, or does it still remain number one? And if it does drop, who indeed replaces him uh, as the number one offseason priority? Well, see, that's an interesting thing to me, because if you tell me that the four, I mean, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like, let's just say, for instance, that the 49ers traded for Deshaun Watson, somebody who's really mobile. To me, Trent Williams does become less of a priority because even though he's really good, in theory, a mobile quarterback 
can help mask some issues along the offensive line. Then maybe all of a sudden you don't need an absolute stud at left tackle because if you just have an average left tackle, your quarterback's athleticism and mobility will help cover up for some of those issues. So it's an interesting sort of situation dynamic in San Francisco, because if you're sticking with Garoppolo, you got to have Trent. But even though Trent would help any quarterback that he blocks for, if you bring in a mobile guy, I do believe the priority of bringing him back is lessened somewhat. Yes. Other than Trent Williams, who I think me and you would agree is the number one priority with the current state of the 49ers, the other 30-plus free agents they have to debate over bringing back or not, guys like Juszczyk, Jason Verrett, Kerry Hyder, K1 Williams, uh, are the ones that come to my mind. But out of those, if Williams is priority number one, who is priority number two? Is it Juszczyk? Is it Verrett? And which one of those players is the most expendable to you? Okay, well, that second part is easy. The most expendable free agent they have is Kyle Juszczyk. And I've said this on multiple shows that I've done. Kyle Juszczyk is like first-class plane tickets. If you've got the money, it's awesome to have, right? Like, it's comfortable. It's cool. You don't. not a lot of people get to do it. it. It's fantastic. If you can afford it, go for it. But if there are any money issues whatsoever, the absolute first thing to go is the first-class tickets. And I'm sorry. You are a fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, and even though you're a really good fullback, you're still a fullback. You are not a must-have. You know, Sean McVay runs a similar system to Kyle Shanahan. They don't use a fullback. Matt LaFleur runs, runs a similar system in Green Bay. They don't use a fullback. Like, it's a nice-to-have. It's not a need-to-have. So Juice is clearly the most expendable, even though I love him. The most important, other than Trent Williams, I think is Jason Verrett. Uh, the 49ers secondary is right now, it's Jimmy Ward and nobody. Everybody else is a free agent, seemingly. You have to lock down and stabilize that position. I, it's a risk because of Verrett's injury history for sure, but he was incredible last year, a top five cornerback in the league. So to me, he's a must-have. I'm willing to roll the dice because if he does stay healthy, the level of production you get from him is almost unmatched. This Niners front office seems to value consistency out of the players, um, out, or, uh, out of the roster construction, valuing the core over maybe a, a DeForest Buckner or Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but when Buckner was traded, you can see there was an impact on the defense, not just play-wise, but emotionally. Like they said, this one hurt. It hurt losing a leader like him. Um, and this offseason, there could also be a, a bigger exodus of leaders, Sherman, Juszczyk, Verrett, Trent Williams, guys who are veterans in the league that... Um, a roster that is somewhat young like the Niners is, values. Um, when you hear those names that could be elsewhere next season, what could that do to a roster that values being tight-knit and seems to have an emotional connection to almost every single person they line up next to on Sundays? Well, what it does is it puts pressure on the guys that are still there to step up and fill those leadership voids. Uh, I think George Kittle would be a big one. I, I would look to him as... You know, number one, a guy that they just extended and uh, one of the best players on the offense and clearly someone who has no problem being vocal. I would think he would have to step up in a major way for sure. Um, but yeah, see, like Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Normally you would lean on your quarterback. He doesn't strike me as a really vocal leader. He strikes me more as kind of like an Eli Manning, you know, lead by example type person. And I think, you know, it would put a lot of stress on, Fred Warner, he would be the leader of the defense. And Kyle Shanahan, you know, Shanahan is a big culture guy. 
He loves to set the tone. And that was one of the things that he and John Lynch talked about when they first took over was sort of building that familial, familial atmosphere in the clubhouse, in the locker room. And I think they did it, but you're right. There is a big chunk of leadership that could walk out the door this offseason, and guys are going to have to step up for sure. Let's transition to the NFL draft. And this year, the Niners have 10 draft picks to fill the roster up. Might make a move. Who knows what they do in that first round? Uh, it's you know, widely speculated. They take a quarterback. Mel Kuyper Jr. had them moving up to seven uh, with Detroit in their mock draft that came out today, taking Justin Fields. Other names that have kind of been floated around have been Aziz Ajalari from Georgia, the edge rusher, uh, and even Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern tackle, have come into the conversation. Obviously, whatever the Niners do in free agency will determine uh, what they do in the NFL draft. But as of right now, uh, my question to you is, what should the Niners' first-round draft plan be? Should it be uh, a trying to draft the quarterback and maybe trading up, or should it be drafting an edge rusher to play opposite of Nick Bosa, who's coming off an ACL injury? Well, I think if you talk to the 49ers and you listen to what they've said over the past few years, they're going to tell you it's an edge rusher. Uh, I think they saw the value of D Ford. I know he only played 22% of the snaps in 2019, but he was hugely impactful. I mean, he and Nick Bosa were shutting down drives. I remember distinctively plays where bo they were just shoving the tackles into the quarterback and would like met at the quarterback. It was unbelievable. And Shanahan and Lynch have said that they believe that you build a team. The foundation of your team is built along the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. And you, if you look at their draft history, that is what they have done and that is what they have prioritized. So I think that the clear answer from them so far has been, give me the edge rusher. And, and as Kyle has said, he can kind of manufacture the offense on the other side of the ball. Let's look at the secondary for a second here. And the last time the Niners drafted a cornerback in the first round was Micah Rumpf in 2002. And the last time they even drafted a safety in the first round was Jimmy Ward in 2014 uh, when they took Eric Reed in 2013 and, and Ward in consecutive seasons. Knowing this, do you think the Niners would look at someone like Patrick Sertain, a J.C. Horn, maybe even a Caleb Farley if they happen to be available at 12 or if they happen to trade back and they fall to them? Uh, or do you think they would opt to fix the secondary later in the draft, maybe rounds four through six, like we've seen them try to do in the past? Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like you brought up Mike Rumpf, but Rumpf moved to safety. So like, really, if you go back and look, the, the guy that they, you know, invested in the first round back, uh, pick, excuse me, the guy they invested a first round pick in at the quarterback position, I think was like Ahmad Plummer back in the day, which is like saying something that they seemingly never invest in a defensive back in the first round. If I think it depends on how it falls, if they have to choose between a, an edge rusher and a, and a cornerback, I think they're going edge rusher. Like I talked about, but if they're not in love with anybody, I mean, it's such a clear and obvious need for this team. Like I said, the whole secondary, except for Jimmy Ward as a free agent, how do you not, you know, especially when you play in a division with DeAndre Hopkins and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup and all the guys the Rams have, like you need guys that can hold up on in the cornerback position. And eventually at some point you would feel like they have to invest in it. Something the Niners have been willing to do later in the first round is trade back up, but there's been a lot of discussion towards 
trading up at 12 to snag one of the top four quarterbacks, whether it's Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson. Uh, Rob, in your mind, is trading up even an option for the Niners at the 12th pick? And if they were to trade up, which quarterback do you think they would target and which one would fit best in Shanahan's system? Okay, so there's a lot of questions there. What do you want me to what do you want me to address first? Let's look at is trading up a legitimate option for the Niners. Okay. Uh I think it is, and I think they should. I mean, my number one offseason plan was Stafford. I really wanted them to get Matt Stafford because he's not a rookie. To me, he's still really good. And you put him in the Shanahan system and he's going to excel. They obviously did not do that. The Rams, I mean, paid a crazy price to get him, so good for them. You know, as as quarterback options have sort of come off the board, I have come around to the idea of trading up for a guy because I just can't watch this movie again, right? Like, I can't watch the Jimmy Garoppolo movie again where I'm literally, you know, puckering every time he drops back to pass. Number one, that he doesn't get hurt. Number two, that he doesn't throw a darn interception. Like, I, I can't imagine seeing Kyle Shanahan's reactions on the sideline year after year that he can tolerate that for another year when they think they have a Super Bowl window. So to me, trading up, if you get a, if you find a guy that you love, it has to be a legitimate option for you because you already know what the alternative is and you know that's not good enough. Is there a certain prospect that maybe catches your eye more than uh, the other one was? Like, a, uh, is it Fields? Is it Lance? Is it Wilson? Like, which quarterback would you prefer? So I have to be honest with you. I don't spend a ton of time watching college football, so I haven't seen a, a ton of any of these guys, what I generally side to is traits. And here's what I want from a quarterback. And here's what I think would work in Kyle's system. You need a guy that can quickly identify where the ball needs to go. Now, Kyle's going to help a lot with that because his system schemes guys wide open, but you need a guy that can analyze and quickly make a determination on who to get the ball to. And you need a guy that can be accurate in the middle of the field. That's where Kyle Shanahan loves to live is in the middle of the field. So that is an absolute must. And I think what Kyle has come around to now, especially after seeing guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson in the division for for a few years now, as well as others, mainly Josh Allen, who absolutely destroyed the 49ers defense last year, is the mobility factor is, is, I think, more valued by Kyle than it has been in the past. So that if Kyle's amazing system somehow doesn't work for a particular play or if you know let's say Mike McGlinchey happens to get beat relatively quickly which happened a lot last season the quarterback can then use his athleticism to go outside the structure of the offense and make a play and keep the chains moving and that can give Kyle another opportunity to call one of these amazing plays that leads to a touchdown so I think the traits he values are accurate intermediate passing over the middle quick decision making and now mobility you can get that with seemingly a few of these guys, which is is refreshing as a Niner fan because, you know, you're not limited to just one hope in the draft. Even if a couple of these guys go off the board, you're hoping that by the time the Niners pick or if they move up, that one of those guys is left. I will say from the people that I've talked to, I don't see a massive, massive difference in Fields or Lance or Wilson. Maybe Wilson's a little bit ahead of the other two, but it's not a huge drop off. So I would be happy with Either one of those, to be honest. Either of the three. Let's transition to no longer people who could be on the roster, but people who are actually on the roster, that being Jimmy Garoppolo. And 
With every day that passes, it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo will remain the Niners quarterback in 2021. We've seen Matt Mayoko, Jennifer Lee Chan, Field Yates, even Cam Inman have all agreed that Garoppolo is is likely is the likeliest option when it comes to the quarterback position for the Niners in 2021. And yesterday, Niners GM John Lynch was asked on the eye test for two podcast. Uh, the question was, if he's injury-free, is there any doubt in your mind that Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback when you line up in September? Lynch's response uh, was, no, not at all. I really believe that, uh, which kind of set you know the world on fire for a second. And then he added afterwards, uh, when healthy, and that's the caveat there, when healthy, he's played at a high level, but we probably have to add someone. We probably need to improve ourselves. So if he's not there, we're all right. We can win games. What did you make of John Lynch's comments and kind of the word that Garoppolo is likely going to be the starter in 2021? Like, could they decide if Garoppolo is a starter? Could they say, let's improve the offensive line? Let's go get more weapons for him. Is that also an option on top of the word from Lynch as well? See, but... That doesn't make any sense to me. What championship team goes into a season and says, if we just improve our backup quarterback, we're good. Like, if you need a better backup quarterback, you need a better starting quarterback. And that's as simple as I can put it. So, you know, to me, going into the season saying we got to invest in a good backup, that is not, that's just not a viable option for you. So, you, you should invest in the offensive line because, you know, you mentioned the weapons around him. I think the weapons around Jimmy are, are really good. Debo Samuel is really good. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is actually the best receiver on the team. And I think if he had actual consistent quarterback play, we would see that. Obviously, Kittle is there. Mostert, Jeff Wilson, even Jermichael Hasty flashed a little last season. Like the weapons around Jimmy are good. If you're going to keep him, you have to bolster the offensive line. And like you mentioned, maybe you use the middle rounds of the draft to bring in a couple guards. I think they're going to try and upgrade the center position in free agency. Alex Mack is a Kyle Shanahan favorite who may be available. So that could be a possibility there. But yeah, if you're going to keep Jimmy, you have to bolster the offensive line because he doesn't do them any favors. He is a statue in the pocket. Someone who isn't a statue, and you mentioned mobility earlier at quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson's name's been out there for a long time. There seems to be kind of a back and forth as to if the Niners have made an offer, if Houston's even fielding offers. Do you believe the Niners would actually be willing to part ways with a Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, or is that a situation where if Houston says, look, we'll trade Deshaun Watson, give us three first-round draft picks, but you have to include a Bosa and Warner, uh, do the Niners immediately hang up, or is it a deal they'd be open to? I think if they said you have to include three firsts and Bosa and Warner, the Niners would not do that. But if, I think if you said three firsts and one of those guys, then there's a conversation that takes place. I think San Francisco values Bosa more than Warner, just because I think that I think that while Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in the game, I think they see Nick Bosa as maybe one of the best players in the game and maybe like a top two defensive player in the entire sport. Um but you have to consider it like this never happens, right? We don't see 25 year old stud quarterbacks available. Teams just do not usually want to give those guys up. So yeah, it's going to take that type of package to acquire it. You know, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys has a saying, it's okay to pay a premium if you get a premium in return. And that's what the 49ers would be getting. They'd be getting a top, in my opinion, top three, top five quarterback in the entire league at 25 years old who already has his contract too, which is a huge factor. 
So yeah, you're going to have to give up an unprecedented package, which would probably be three firsts. You know, I would honestly, I would throw George Kittle in there if that's what it took. And if you had to give up one of Bosa or Warner, I would do it and I would feel pretty good about it. A lot of the questions around Watson, at least for myself, would be, why hasn't Watson said, I want to go here? He hasn't done it publicly. There's been some reports out there saying he said the Jets, the Dolphins, and Carolina. Um, obviously, he can turn the tables on Houston if they even have any leverage, which it seems like they don't. Uh, what would it take for the Niners and the Texans to come to a deal? Obviously, you mentioned Bosa, Warner, Kittle. Those guys can be in a deal. But, but ultimately, it would be pretty hard to match a Jets offer if they're offering three first, four first-round draft picks, depending on what they do. Or Carolina, who can offer maybe a Christian McCaffrey and three first-round draft picks, if that's even on the table, who knows. But would it take Watson to say, I only want to go to San Francisco compared to the other offers out there to get him in the red and gold? It depends when they trade him. If they trade him before the draft, I agree with you. The Jets have an incredible offer because the Jets can offer, not only can they offer four first-round picks, but, but those picks would come in two years. So the Texans wouldn't have to wait four years to get the full benefit of trading Watson because it would be two firsts this year and two firsts in 2022. That's an incredible package. It's good for the Jets because they only mess up their draft capital for two seasons. And it's good for the Texans, like I said, because they get the benefit of using those picks right away. But if they trade him after the draft, if they refuse to believe that he's as dug in as he is and they trade him after the draft, well, then I think the 49ers can put together an impressive package because they can still add three first round picks. And when you talk about including the type of player that the 49ers have with Warner or Bosa or Kittle or some combination of those guys, the Jets can't match that. The Jets have nobody on their roster as good as those guys. So that the timing of this whole thing is going to be very, very important for when it gets done. And I agree with you. The best chance for the 49ers to land Deshaun Watson is if he flexes his muscle a little bit and says, I have a no trade clause. And guess what? I want to go to San Francisco. So don't waste your time with those other teams. Well, it seems like just like in life, timing is everything when it comes to Deshaun Watson as well. Personally, I'm someone who would rather draft the quarterback, whether via trade up or simply keep Jimmy. I wouldn't trade with the Jets at number two, but moving up to five or, or seven makes the most sense. I mean, you're not Ricky Williamsing yourself uh, in into a quarterback. Um, but Matt Mayoko was talking to Justina Anderson recently, and Mayoko said something pretty interesting that kind of slipped under the radar that I want to read here. It says, although the origin of any negativity around Garoppolo is outside the building. Now, Rob, we're on Niners Twitter. We see how crazy it can be. We see some of the hate Garoppolo gets. And while I would never hate on somebody, I, I understand the validity in wanting an upgraded quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, sometimes it can be taken too far and sometimes uh, people can get out of hand. But but we know that Garoppolo is the quarterback he is and there are other quarterbacks who can possibly do more out there for him. But uh, is it possible that despite that validity and wanting an upgraded quarterback that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan view Garoppolo as their guy or maybe in a more positive light unlike how Niners Twitter and even some Niner fans view him. Oh, I think they have a more positive view of Jimmy than Ford. I mean, first of all, how could you not be more positive than 49ers Twitter? That's very true. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, it can be a dark place. I think they see Jimmy as what he is, which is good, not great. 
you know, if all if everything's good around him, he can do it. But I think the 49ers have seen either through injury or just poor play around Jimmy that, you know, you're not going to get those optimal conditions all the time and they don't have a guy that can overcome those. So I think that's why they have they've consistently said, if we can find a shore upgrade, we're going to do it. You know, if if they thought he absolutely stunk, he would have been gone by now already because they would have been able to find a shore upgrade. But clearly they hold him in some regard because they have been sort of picky when it comes to who they look at and who they sort of dive into and, and look at as a possibility to acquire. We both know the Niners were in on conversations with the Lions for Matthew Stafford. Now those conversations may only have progressed a certain way, and I'm sure they've reached out to the Texans to at least inquire about what it would cost to acquired Deshaun Watson uh, but we've talked about the NFL draft and being a day one upgrade being an instant starter being an instant upgrade at the quarterback position uh, that's why you wanted Matthew Stafford knowing he was not a rookie not going to need time to develop he was going to be an instant day one upgrade from Garoppolo uh, when it comes to the 2021 NFL draft is there a certain quarterback you view as a as an instant starter, as an instant upgrade? Because you don't want to waste the year of the core, although a rookie quarterback with the high potential could extend it. Um, you want to take advantage of this while you can. Is there someone out there that you see as an instant day one starter, instant day one upgrade uh, out of the quarterbacks in this NFL draft? Probably not. And like I said, I haven't watched a ton of these guys, but I think it's fair to say that day one, probably not. You know, they, they have to not only adjust to the NFL as a whole, which is obviously difficult, but also learn Kyle Shanahan's system, which can be very complicated. And they're probably going to have to do it with no OTAs and, you know, a very abbreviated virtual offseason for the second straight year. That is not, you know, ideal conditions for coming into the NFL and learning a system. But to me, it's about the ceiling, right? It's about what how good can they be? To me, you know that Jimmy Garoppolo is, let's call him like a seven as a quarterback, but that's the absolute best he can be. If you draft somebody, yeah, their floor might be a little lower. They might have some absolute clunkers, but they might have some games, some eights or nines or maybe even tens in there too. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has that in him, even in the best of conditions. So that's to me what it would be about, because if you're going to win a Super Bowl, history has shown you need something to be elite on your team. You need an elite all-time defense or you need a quarterback to play at an elite level, which we even saw with the Ravens in 2012. Joe Flacco is not an elite quarterback, but that playoffs, he absolutely played like one. He was out of his mind. You have to have that. The 49ers do not have, to me, a historically good defense anymore like they did in 2019. So you're going to have to make up for that somewhere. And to me, the way you make up for that is at the quarterback position, and you can only do that if you upgrade. Take me into Garoppolo's head for a second. Speculate for me somewhat if you can. Um, there's been a report out there that he would likely waive his no-trade clause. Obviously, he'd want to keep that $24 million. He would because he probably wouldn't make that on the open market. Um but let's say the Niners came to him. They have a deal in place. Obviously, he would say, okay, fine, you know, get me out of here. Um because I'm sure it's a much more positive place for him to be in. A franchise loves him. The front office loves him like New England. But is there an off chance Garoppolo says, look, I'm tired of hearing it. I'm tired of being out there. I'm tired of you guys looking for a Stafford or a Brady. Send me elsewhere. I want to go play for Belichick again. Like, would they do that? Well, here's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He 
there's a chance he gets cut just flat out cut. So he's not going to want that because if he gets cut, he's not going to get the money that he's due to earn this season. So his no trade clause to me is kind of meaningless because he's going to want to get his money. And the only way he gets his money is if he gets traded as opposed to cut. So I don't care that he has a no trade clause. Will he just get fed up with the whole thing? It's possible. But I also think he knows hey, I'm in a really good spot right now. I'm surrounded by really good players. I have one of the best offensive head coaches in the league. And I don't know that it's going to get that much better for him, especially considering, like, from what I've heard from people around the NFL, like, he, one of his best skills is kind of just shrugging everything off. Like, just kind of not getting caught up in the criticism, not listening to a lot of that stuff, whether he learned it from Brady or whoever. Uh, his best ability is to just kind of be oblivious to all that stuff. So I don't know that he's necessarily going to get super fed up, especially considering how positive Lynch and Shanahan have publicly been about him. They always talk him up. They never criticize him. So even though we might on 49ers Twitter, I think Jimmy feels a lot differently about the situation than uh, the cesspool that is 49ers Twitter. Well, Robbie, it was great to have you on today. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Great to get to know you more. And I want to tell everybody out there to follow you on Twitter at stats on fire. You're a great follow. You're a smart guy. Obviously you have a great radio voice to talk to and you're, you're fun uh, to listen to on SB nation, Niners nation. Uh, Rob, thank you for joining us today. We wish you nothing but the best and we hope to do this again soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words. Let's definitely do it again. Rob was here for a very short time, but it was a great time. And uh, I had a final question for him, but I think I can answer it myself. We've talked about what the Niners should do in the draft. If they'll keep Jimmy, if they'll trade Jimmy outside of being healthy. Jimmy's pretty good quarterback, but there's always a caveat. What does Jimmy Garoppolo have to do in 2021, if he's in San Francisco, to reestablish himself and or improve in the NFL? And I want you to ask yourself that question out there. What does Jimmy Garoppolo have to do uh, to maybe reprove himself to you, to reprove himself to the Niners, to reprove himself to the NFL, to opposing teams where they're not playing in the box like Kansas City did or like Seattle did last season. What can he do? Does it have to just be be healthy for a season? What can Garoppolo do to be the 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo? And there's two things that I think are pretty self-evident. And one is you don't have to hit the target, but you have to be able to show the want, the desire to throw the ball deep. You have the want and desire to get rid of the ball. Hit Ayuk. He had one deep pass last year that he hit on. That was the Ayuk uh, almost touchdown in New England with the bad ankle, kind of threw it up there. Um, But that's one of them. The other one obviously being healthy. But I think Garoppolo also has to come out. We already know he's a great leader. The Niners talk about it consistently, how he is a phenomenal leader. Kittle, Bourne, they've all said he's going to ball out this year. Or next year, I guess you could say, in 2021. Um, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo has to kind of do something he's never done before, which is open the hips up and hit a deep ball. Now, he did it in 2019 a few times. And he was one of the best quarterbacks at doing so. Um, but and the, and the reason why I had Rob on today, other than him being a phenomenal person and a great host and, and a great guest... He brings a different opinion and maybe one that maybe isn't so left or right, but more kind of, look, this is how I feel, but I understand the other side. Um, 
And that's kind of how I am. I'm someone who says, look, I like Garoppolo for what he is. I think they can win with him. I think we have serious holes to fill on the offensive line. I think if he's healthy, he's really good. I think we have to fix the defense somewhat. We haven't lost too many pieces, but we've lost enough pieces to where you say, wow, like we have to do something here. No D Ford, uh, possibly retiring, or just can't play. Um, and they have to keep him on the, the roster. Western Richburg could be gone. Nick Bosa returning from an injury. Um, we don't know what Kinlaw will be, but he has shown flashes. I think he'll be a cornerstone for years to come. Uh, we have no idea what the secondary is going to look like in 2021. It could be Verrett, it could be Mosley, it could be a Keller Witherspoon and Jamar Taylor for all we know. But I think I'm not someone who believes this just comes down to quarterback play. I'm someone who believes in a team effort. I played baseball for a long time. The NFL isn't baseball. I played, um, or, you know, take basketball, for example. You just can't plug in a Kevin Durant or in, in a Kyrie and a Harden and say, go out there and play. You're going to win a championship. Like, football is, and not to say other sports aren't, but of the big three, it is the most team conscious. Um, in, the, in the NBA, you have one star that take off. In the MLB, uh, it's very uh, singular stats. Mike Trout can have a phenomenal year, but the team is awful. Um, and... I don't believe the NFL is like that. The NFL, you have to have a great team. Take the Buccaneers, for example. The Buccaneers don't beat the Chiefs without Tom Brady. They also don't beat the Chiefs without Shaq Barrett or Devin White or Levante David or their defense. Like, they're, everything has to go right. And in 2019, I guess the 2020 Super Bowl, the Chiefs had everything go right. The Niners had everything go right until the fourth quarter when everything went wrong. This past year, the Buccaneers had everything go right. They had every single aspect was plugged in, lights on, ready to go. And right now, the Niners don't have that. Not just that quarterback. Now you have 10 draft picks. You can fix some of the holes. You can plug the holes, lights, and come back on. Like, I believe you get bring Verrett back. You bring Mosley back. You bring um, Trent Williams back. And, you know, you have 60-70% of your team, you know, back. And you can plug the holes. You can replace Richburg. You can maybe get an upgrade at right guard uh, from Brunskill to a rookie maybe. Or you sign a free agent like an Austin Blythe or a Brandon Scherf, depending on how much money you have. And so I think that, wow, it's valid to want a quarterback upgrade. And we have talked at nauseum about this. Um, every single day there's something new out there and there's something you know, hitting Niners Twitter. And again, like that is only part of the part of the fan base. I think... There was a stat, and it was more so the political realm of it. I don't want to get into that stuff, but um, like only eighty percent of Twitter or, or of the real world is on Twitter. Um, but Ian Rappaport said something very interesting today, and, and I, I didn't get a chance to get Rob's take on it. But this is only part of the quote, and you can find it on Twitter at forty niners underscore access. I, I have it linked there. But he said, "If you're the Niners." Jimmy G, when healthy, has been good. Helped you get to a Super Bowl and look around at who's legitimately available and who makes the Niners definitely better. I think that's the real question. As of right now, the belief is no one. And he goes on to mention that, you know, if lightning happens to strike and comes to the Niners' door, that, you know, like a Watson being there or the possibility of trading up number two to get Wilson or whoever they prefer, like... Yes, those things are still possible, but as of right now, uh, those things aren't. As of right now, getting Watson seems like it's not going to happen. So, it, it seems to be that 
Jimmy Garoppolo will be the Niners quarterback in 2021. Now, make what you want of that. You may not like it. You may say, bring a veteran in to back him up. And like Rob said, when you, when the thing you have to prioritize is bringing in a backup quarterback, that means your starting quarterback isn't good enough. Now, that's one way to read it. The other way is, look, the Niners are being honest. Garoppolo has been hurt. And in my opinion, I believe 2021 is the last straw for Jimmy Garoppolo if he's back. How many times, like Rob said, can you watch the same movie over and over again? Now, I'm someone who's willing to give Garoppolo one more chance, give him a chance to reprove himself, reestablish himself, like I asked you guys earlier, but I don't know if that's going to happen, and neither does Lynch and Shanahan. They can maximize him to what they can, which is why I think they want to bring in a backup, because they know there's a risk in bringing him back, but the likeliest option is you're going to have to have him under center come September. And they realize the only way to maximize him, possibly, is to make sure that if he does get hurt, to maximize the team, he has to have a, whether it's a veteran guy or a guy who's just durable that can execute the system, play behind him. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe it's Alex Smith on a very cheap deal, coming back to San Francisco for one final year. Uh, Maybe it's drafting a rookie. Maybe it's bringing in Fitzpatrick, which I wouldn't do. I think you have to bring a vet in who's very cheap. Maybe it's Andy Dalton for $3 million. I have no idea who it is. I just think when you look at the history, look at Garoppolo, the roller coaster, up, down, up, down, up, down, it makes it hard for an organization to buy in completely. And I think that's been the biggest caveat, the biggest drawback to Garoppolo is, we like you, but we like you, but then there's this small little drawback that says like, well, you have something that makes us think twice. Uh, Let's give you a, a deal. And I think this is the reason why they structured it the way they did. They gave themselves an out for a reason in case Garoppolo didn't become the franchise guy. And he hasn't. He hasn't become the franchise guy or or the elite franchise talent, the Brady 2.0 Belichick thought he was going to be. Now, maybe if he doesn't get injured, you see that. And and I truly believe that in 2020, if Garoppolo's not hurt, they make the playoffs. Some of these questions die down. They're still there, but they died down. But when you ask me in 2021, who's the starting quarterback of the 49ers, my default is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But the other thing is, 2021 is also the last straw for Jimmy Garoppolo. If he doesn't perform this year, he's done. If this is the same old story of getting injured again, he's done. Like, they can't do this again. And in a year like hopefully next year when possibly fans are back, when the cap goes up for the TV deal, when Fred Warner's up for a contract extension, when you may start to think about bringing guys like Debo back and extending Nick Bosa if he performs well off the ACL injury. Uh, depending on who they sign this year and how long they sign them for, you may have to bring back 15 more guys. And so I think not only is this 2020 season important for the Niners to kind of get back on track, reestablish themselves, you can argue and say that 2021 is the most important year for Garoppolo, not just for the sake of you know him being on the Niners, but for the sake of him being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, someone will take a chance on him, but... When it comes down to it, if Garoppolo gets hurt again, if he underperforms and plays, you know, the roller coaster season he had in 2020 of, oh, he's he's healthy and he's playing well, but 
He misses a few throws. He underthrows Kendrick Bourne against Arizona. Uh, he doesn't see Dante Pettis open in that game. Uh, he plays well against the Patriots, and he plays well against the Rams, but then he comes out and has a stinker against the Seahawks. Like, if that's the case, I think we're looking at the end of Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021, but if you're a Garoppolo fan, if you're a Garoppolo lover, I think you have a really good chance of seeing him again, at least in 2021. And with that being said, I want to thank Rob again for joining us today. Please follow him on Twitter at StatsOnFire. Be sure to check out all the amazing content he does on SB Nation uh, and Niner Nation. Rob, he's a wonderful person. He's a great follow on Twitter. Um, he's not someone you follow and is going to come at you hard and snap at you. He's he's a he's a kind person who, who loves his football. He knows his football. He's knowledgeable um, on everything NFL, especially Niners related uh, and with that said please follow us on social media um i'm always getting called out by people like adam Sheffer and matt mayoko it's always fun to hear that stuff um i like to talk i like to banter with you guys um i i, I love the conversation so follow us on instagram at 49ers.access and on twitter at 49ers underscore access don't forget to like share subscribe leave a review and until next time my name is sterling bennett this has been the 49ers Access Podcast, and stay faithful.